Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Dime Dropper for Game 1 post-game recap 2022 NBA Finals. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode, one game, of course, we're at the finals. Oh man, not many better times. Not that many better times of the year than this. The NBA Finals, if you're a basketball fan. Apologies for going live a little bit later than I thought tonight. Had some friends over for the game and got caught up with some bullshit in the fourth quarter. So I had to actually go back and re-watch clips of it just to make sure my analysis was on point. Because you know me, I'm only trying to give you guys the best. and not trying to talk out of my ass here. So game one at the Chase Center. We know all the storylines. I talked about it in my last live Celtics obviously playing a non-Lakers team in the finals for the first time since 86 when they played the Rockets. The Warriors back in the finals for the first time since 2019. And I tweeted today, this series kind of gives me 2019 vibes in the sense that the Raptors, I'm sorry, the Celtics have a a team that kind of reminds me of the Raptors in the sense that they have a lot of switchable wings and length and very defense first. And it's just an unpredictable series. Although in that series, we had the is Kevin Durant coming back Thing that was being held over everybody's head all series so this this one is a little bit I wouldn't say easier to predict but you're more comfortable with your prediction going in the series because when you have an injury lingering like that and a what if he comes back or if he comes back kind of situation like we had in 2019 it can get hard to predict but as I said I'm gonna go with Warriors in seven and I'm gonna stick with that pick but tonight was not a good start to that the Boston Celtics coming in and stealing game one at the Chase Center with a fourth quarter flurry of threes. Unlike, I don't know if I've ever seen a team steal a game in the finals like that with a flurry of threes the way they did out of nowhere. It looked like the Warriors are going to ride at home. But let's talk about it. We'll start with the first quarter. One thing I was really looking at to start the game was how would the Celtics look? They showed the graphic of how many finals games the Warriors have played as a squad combined, like over 100 shades of 91 where the Lakers came in after a decade of going to the finals and Jordan's Bulls were the new young guns on the block that hadn't been in the finals. And in the beginning, the Jays seemed very rattled, especially Jalen Brown. Klay Thompson almost stole the ball from him like three times. I could see it in his body language. It was. It looked like he was getting to him. Jason Tatum airballed his first shot, uh, like an o- almost open three he always makes. So that showed me nerves. But, and the Warriors, you know, being at home, being there before, Curry, Thompson, Draymond, they looked a little bit more prepared for that moment, those first couple of minutes. But what really eased the Celtics was Marcus Smart and Al Horford making threes to start in the first quarter, just the first couple of baskets. And that would be the beginning of what would be a theme throughout the game of Al Horford and um, Marcus Smart hitting threes because the fourth quarter was something else. However, the first quarter was really about Steph Curry. 
You know, both teams, you're, I'm looking at the defensive strategies for both teams. The Celtics, you know they're going to switch basically everything. Al Horford is going to be, Al Horford and Rob Williams are not going to switch everything in terms of on certain guards like Curry. So the teams that the Celtics have played, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, they're more wing forward players that their best player, uh, the best player on each team. The, the Warriors are a little different. Jordan Poole and Curry are probably the toughest two guys to stay in front of in their guards. So Al Horford and Rob Williams, you won't be seeing them switch onto those guys. Warriors, on the other hand, switching a lot, especially with um, Kevon Looney, who I thought did a pretty good job overall, especially in the first quarter of staying in front of Jason uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown. But Steph Curry in the first, first quarter was just awesome. Showing to me, it looked like I'm ready to win finals MVP. I'm ready to make a statement. Hitting threes left and right. He had a, I think he had a record for most threes in a finals game in a quarter. Six of them in the first 21 points in the quarter. Any glimmer of daylight that he got, he was putting up the three. There was even one where he shot it right over Grant Williams in his eye. 21 points in the first for Steph Curry. But the Celtics did a pretty good job of weathering the initial storm and making it only a four-point game going into the second quarter. I thought Jalen Brown in the second quarter made a couple pull-ups that kind of eased his nerves just a bit. Jason Tatum was making plays despite the fact that his shot wasn't falling, and I thought he was starting to get in his own head a little bit as well, kind of forcing things and taking tough shots and sometimes trying to bait for fouls. But he made some good plays, some really good kickouts that led to the role players making threes. Derek White came in and hit two threes. Peyton Pritchard even came in and hit a three. You saw Daniel Tice play for a little bit, and that was very short-lived. He only played six minutes. But second, so the rotations for the Warriors, Steph Curry plays the whole first quarter. He plays the whole third quarter. He sits out to start the second and fourth quarter. And I actually thought the first unit, or the second unit, you know, in the beginning of the second quarter for the Warriors, it was Otto Porter, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Andre Iguodala, who we saw tonight for the first time in a while, you know, having his championship experience. And I actually thought he was pretty good. The fact that he made three shots out of four, and two of them were jumpers, I was pretty impressed by. And Otto Porter, I thought, in this stretch in the second quarter, was really good. Picking and popping for threes, making good defensive plays. And I thought Jordan Poole, even though defensively he's the weak link, was making plays in this first quarter or first half. Getting to the basket, had some really nice plays in pick and roll, passes in pick and roll. This one pass he made with his left hand was so ridiculous. I don't think he got an assist on it because the Warrior missed the missed the open three, but beautiful pass. And I thought he gave him a little bit of a boost. And the Warriors were up by six points by the time Steph Curry came in. It was 47-41 after they'd made a little bit of a run. I think they had gotten it up to seven points or eight points even without Curry. So they did a pretty good job of holding it until Curry could come back in at the seven-minute mark. But Jalen Brown started to get going, and that started to be a little bit of a difference for the Celtics. They couldn't have both Jays play poorly or shoot poorly and win on the road. Jalen Brown, two mid-range pull-ups against, one against Klay Thompson, one against I forget who, and then a nice seal in transition against Steph Curry down low. He got the ball on a layup. And they tied the game after being down by 10. Smart continued to look good. Made a shot with his foot on the line where I believe it was, I think Curry just kind of clearly landed uh, or hit it, you know, made contact with him on his landing space upon his landing. 
and Smart fell to the floor and did not get the call and even took Wiggins to the rack for a nice layup. Curry had zero points in the quarter when he came back in. I think he only shot two shots, didn't shoot that many, but because he had been out for a while, he just didn't have that rhythm and he didn't regain it. So the Celtics went into the half up by two, 56-54. In the second quarter, they outscored the Warriors 28-22, to even though Tatum had not been shooting well, which made you think this is very dangerous for the Warriors. And part of this, I have to address it, Especially when Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are on the floor together, that's two guys that are not going to create their own shot, but they also can't shoot from the foul line and past, or foul line and further. And I know what you're going to say, Draymond can, yes, but the point is the defense doesn't respect it. The defense doesn't respect Kevon Looney being a threat from beyond the foul line. The defense doesn't respect Draymond Green. So that means there are three guys that are going to be able to create shots for you. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Andrew Wiggins in that lineup. So that's going to be a lot of them coming off screens, a lot of them trying to work off the dribble, and that's taxing. That's taxing. While the Celtics, they have one lob threat with Rob Williams. Yeah, he can't shoot past the foul line, but Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Marcus Martin, and Jalen Brown, you don't got to worry about that. And that can hurt them. And Draymond Green started off one for six, but in the first half, I thought that he was doing other things well and the Warriors were playing well and Curry got off to his flurry. So it didn't really matter. But in the second half, when the Celtics really did start making shots, you started to really notice how much of a liability it really could be for the Warriors. Because these are high-level teams with high-level defense. You know, you're not going to be able to just get the easy back cuts and easy baskets and looks that you get against regular season opposition. So, as I always say in the playoffs, all your flaws will be exposed. And I talked about it, I think, in the previous live. If Draymond is not a threat offensively, they're not going to win the championship. They... The last time Draymond was a threat offensively and they won the championship was 2015. He was able to get away with it because he had three nuclear weapons offensively on his team for three years. And guess what? When Kevin Durant went down, you best believe that that's part of the reason they did not beat the freaking Raptors because the Raptors didn't have that liability. Norman Powell, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, you name it, those guys that played for the Raptors, they can all hit their open shots. Draymond Green is not being respected. So the second half, by the way, shout out to everybody in the live. I see all y'all. Um, second half, though, funny enough, I'm saying this about the Warriors. They actually came out the better team in the second half. I thought Looney crashing the offensive glass. And by the way, Curry started out a little bit better in the third quarter, obviously, than the second where he went scoreless, got a couple of buckets. And Looney on the offensive glass was, again, continuing to affect the game sometimes it's not even like he's boxing out or just going for it like the way Wiggins gets rebounds sometimes it's like he just lands in his hands it's like it's almost magnetic and I remember Andrew Wiggins hitting a three and making the Celtics pay off those second chance opportunities that made the game a seven point game and led Udoka to call a timeout Andrew Wiggins was phenomenal in the third quarter which makes you think why didn't they go to him more in the fourth? You know, I know it's tempting because Steph Curry's your best player to do that, but he only had one shot attempt in the fourth quarter after having a great third quarter. He got to the rim, got a couple of easy baskets, got to the line uh, for his only two foul shot attempts. That wasn't an offensive rebound attempt and made an open three. So I thought Andrew Wiggins, you know, was really good in that third quarter. And here's the craziest part, guys. Steph Curry had 30 points at the four-minute mark of the third quarter. So he actually had a good third quarter, had nine points in it. And, you know, there was one play where he came off the screen and Rob Williams was in drop coverage. You know, Al Horford and, and Rob started going to the drop coverage. 
But because the Celtics have good length, it's not as suicidal as when most teams go drop coverage against Steph Curry. But there was one play where Rob Williams was dropped too deep and Steph Curry basically walked into a three. This is in the third quarter. And they quickly adjusted. He didn't get many clean looks after that. And for him to have 30 points at the four-minute mark of the third and then only end with 34, you know, if we're going to... I hold Steph Curry to a very high standard. I speak really highly of him. I think he's one of the best players that's ever played. He's definitely one of the best players in the league. And to me, still vying for that best player in the world with Jokic and Giannis, who are my other two candidates for that. But if we're going to hold those guys to a high standard, i got to hold Steph Curry to that. He had 30 points with four minutes to go in the third quarter. That's 16 minutes of game time. He came in with around nine minutes to go in the game. And he was taken out of the game along with the rest of his starters because they got the shit beat out of them in the fourth quarter. So despite the fact that I don't think Curry is, I think Curry's probably the least to blame. Probably him and, I'd say Wiggins is probably the least to blame. I think he did his thing. But Curry is basically the second least to blame if we're talking individuals on the Warriors to me. And still, if you score 30 points with 16 minutes to go in the game at home and you don't score more than four points the rest in a, in a you know, 50-50 game, as a star, would I be holding LeBron, Kobe Bryant to those standards of calling him out? I would. And Steph Curry, he's going to have to close. You know, this is all about closing. That's why when I talk about the 08 Celtics, when we talk about Garnett and his two-way impact throughout the season, yes, that was incredible. But they're not winning that chip without Paul Pierce closing games against the highest level of opposition, LeBron, Kobe. And that's what Steph Curry's going to have to do. And Steph Curry, I'm going to get into it more when I get really into that fourth quarter, why it's even more imperative. He has to carry a little bit of an offensive load that's bigger than some stars in this era. But the Warriors' third quarter belonged to them. Typical third quarter Warriors, 38-24. to 24. Jason Tatum was overthinking shit offensively, trying to foul bait, not getting clean looks. He even got Curry switched on to him, and the Warriors were switching a lot. And he wouldn't quickly would quickly move he would take too long he'd be just back turned to him and instead of turning going quickly or shooting over him or trying to back him down there was one time he tried to back him down and he took too long looney came and helped beautifully in the first half and tatum missed and threw up a prayer hoping for a foul into two defenders and it's like jt sometimes gets tunnel vision and he was just overthinking shit and that's normal being that it's his first game of his finals career but He's going to have to be better. He's going to have to shoot better. And I think he will. He's going to get, you know, used to it. But another guy, third quarter that was playing well, Otto Porter, making his threes, making plays on the defensive end. Andrew Wiggins making plays on the defensive end. Poole still making plays. And the Celtics switching switching everyone on Curry, but not the bigs, as I said before. Warriors switching everything. And also playing some matchup zone that was really flustering the... the, uh, Celtics and then a little bit of one two two we saw in the first half. So thirty eight to twenty four in favor of the Warriors in the third quarter. They went into the fourth with a ninety two seventy or ninety two to eighty lead, and then we saw a fourth quarter that will be remembered very very fondly by Celtics fans if they end up winning the championship because forty to sixteen was the score in the fourth quarter in favor of Boston. A collapse of, sorry Clipper fans, but Clipper-like proportions in the past that we've seen in this fourth quarter. I mean, wow. And it started with 
the Celtics offense. I think it was more the Celtics off Celtics winning the game than the Warriors losing personally. It was a steal. It's funny because I wouldn't even say they were hanging in there. They were down 12 points, which is nothing in today's NBA. But still, it's not like they were taking a bunch of momentum going into the fourth quarter. Steph Curry had his break, which he was going to have. Now, I do think that Kerr needs to play Curry more than 38 minutes. You know, he got taken out at the end, so he probably would have played 40 had the Celtics not pulled away. But if you look at the Celtics minutes, Jason Tatum's playing 42, Jalen Brown's playing 38. I think Curry's going to have to play 40, 40 minutes at least in every game, and he's going to have to play a little bit more going forward. But that being said, in the fourth quarter, it was mostly just Jalen Brown getting going. You know, he had a contested, contested mid-range to start the quarter. Then he had a contested three over Jordan Poole. You know the Celtics going to look for Poole in the pick and roll, and he did not have a good fourth quarter, Jordan Poole. A turnover, uh, ball pounding a little too much, and his defense was a little suspect. And then... On the next, very next play, Jalen Brown got by Otto Porter and threw a lob to the Time Lord, who, even though he he played 24 minutes, I thought Time Lord was good. You know, he protected the rim fairly well, collapsed nicely, and, you know, had eight points on four for four shooting. So just stuck to his role. But that made it a five-point game and led to a Steve Kerr timeout. He got Steph Curry right back in the game. And the, sadly, even when Steph Curry came back in the game, even though he had two buckets... The bleeding did not stop. It got far worse. Otto Porter had a couple defensive errors besides the getting blown by by Jalen. Two times he overhelped. One where I saw Jalen Brown trying to drive to the basket. Klay Thompson was on him. He stopped him in his tracks, got Jalen to stop his dribble. Otto Porter came and helped, and they swung the ball, and it was an open three for Derek White. And Derek White hit two threes in a row one open, one contested to tie the game at 103 over Steph Curry. And when Otto Porter overhelped, I saw Klay Thompson and he said, stay home. He looked at his teammates and he made this motion. That means stay home. And Otto Porter overhelped twice and got burned. After a really solid first three quarters that he played, he did not play well in that fourth quarter to me. And he only got, you know, I don't, he didn't even get a shot off in the fourth quarter. But after those two threes by Derek White, Two threes by Al Horford. One after a steal that he got on Draymond Green. Draymond Green looking to pass over the top. Al Horford has hands up, active hands, took the ball away, was hit in transition for a three. And then another one. And then a mid-range. And just before you before you knew it, the Celtics were up by 11 points, and they were on an 11-0 run. And Marcus Smart came back in, started hitting threes, and the Warriors just went cold, could not buy a bucket. Celtics switching basically everything. As I said, Al Horford in the drop coverage. But the the thing is, here's what happens, right? So Al Horford can be in the drop coverage as long as he's stepping up on Steph Curry well enough, or as long as he's stepping up enough on Steph Curry and can retreat to Draymond and cut away that, you know, red carpet run to the basket it's you're playing five on four because Draymond Green's wide open from 18 feet and by the time these good defenders like Al Horford Grant Williams that can make up ground show recover or drop and recover then all Draymond does is he looks for Clay he looks immediately to the other side doesn't look at the basket he looks immediately to Clay to get into a dribble handoff it's like you know what's coming because Draymond's not a threat. And then Looney, he does, he's been doing great work on the offensive glass, though. He can be their time lord. But when they're out there together, it can be tough. And Draymond, you know, also missed two free throws when they needed something. They needed something and he couldn't get it to go. 
Klay Thompson, two for three in the fourth quarter. They didn't go to him enough. They also turned the ball over four times in the fourth, and a couple of those, Draymond Green. Steph Curry, two for six in the fourth quarter. Needs to be better. Missed shots he usually makes. And Jason Tatum, talk about make shots he usually makes. Misses shots he usually makes. Open for three countless times after Jalen started getting going late third quarter and the whole fourth quarter and just could not buy a bucket. It was insane. You're just not gonna, he's just not going to miss those uh, going forward. A lot of them were long, but he's just not going to miss that many. But Wiggins, 0 for 1 in the fourth. Poole, 0 for 1 in the fourth. Had one bad pass. Draymond, 1 for 2. Iggy, 1 for 2. But nine threes in the fourth by the Celtics. Those That was like 6 for 15, what I just described for the Warriors. Not even that bad. But when the Celtics shoot... <laughs> hit nine threes in the fourth. Peyton Pritchard hit one. Jalen Brown had 10 points in the fourth quarter. It was just a flurry. And Curry's going to need more offensive help, but he also needs to do a better job in the fourth quarter. I mean, two points with 16 minutes left in the game, or four points, I should say, with 16 minutes left in the game, ain't going to cut it. But the Celtics, you look at the stats tonight, right? 12 turnovers. They took care of the ball decently. Warriors, 14 turnovers. So they, you know... It was mostly the fourth quarter that they didn't do a very good job, but it could have been worse. The rebounding battle, it was dead even at 39, but the points off turnovers, 21 for the Boston Celtics against the Warriors. So there you go. That's big. And a couple of those were threes in the fourth quarter. So going to need to be better if you're the Warriors in terms of taking care of the ball, but just... Let's read the lines because they'll be able to describe to you better individually. I'm going to go with the Celtics first. They shot 50% from the field, but the real staggering one is 51% from deep, 21 for 41. But the thing is they have had games in these playoffs where they have shot 50% from three or close to it on high volume. So I'd have to check the stats to see if on 40-plus attempts they had shot 50%, if they got 20, 23s made basically. Uh, on 40 attempts, but I wouldn't put it past them. You know, a lot of these were good looks, guys. It wasn't like they hit too many. I mean, Jalen Brown hit some tough ones. Derek White hit a tough one. Marcus Smart hit one or two tough ones, but overall, a lot of them were open and created off Jason Tatum dribble penetration. So that being said, with Jason Tatum having a poor shooting night, he still made a lot of great plays, and in my opinion, they don't win the game without him, and he still plays defense. So when we talk about stars like... I hate if there's any Mellow fans in here, but Carmelo Anthony is one example of a guy that was a star, but when he's not hitting, how else was he contributing? And Jason Tatum is not in that category. He plays defense, and he has continued to facilitate. I think when he just, sometimes he gets tunnel vision still, he needs to continue to look up and find his teammates because these guys are making shots. You know, from Peyton Pritchard to Derek White to Marcus Smart. Derek White. Actually, I'm going to start with Grant Williams. He was over for 2 tonight. Actually had a donut. Only played 16 minutes. So that was pretty surprising. They were really only... And Peyton Pritchard played 16 minutes. And this is going to be a better series for Pritchard, guys. Because this, the Warriors are, as I said before, they're, some of their best scores are guards. Pools, Curry. And, and Peyton Pritchard can hang with those guys. Pritchard's a good defender. It's just the size he was struggling with with Miami. Because they would go with, you know, Gabe Vincent's a slightly taller guard. And then you have Jimmy Butler... And Struess, who's really strong. And then Bam out of the bayou. <laughs> you know, so you're going to see more guards in this series. And so Pritchard tonight, I thought he was really good. Plus 14, eight points for him, three for four from the field, two for three from deep. Derek White, though, was just fantastic. He's been really good um, lately. 
And I thought in the beginning, you know, he's had some games this playoffs where he just has not been able to shoot well, but tonight was not one of those. And to get 21 points off the bench from one individual is huge. He was plus 25. That was the highest plus minus of any player on the court tonight. 21 points on 6 for 11 shooting, 5 for 8 from deep, and 4 for 4 from the line. Just amazing. And then for the starters, 8 points for the Time Lord on t- in 24 minutes on 4 for 4 shooting. He also had 4 blocks. So there you go. In his first finals game. It was everyone's first finals game for Boston. Mm, let's go with Jason Tatum. 12 points, 5 rebounds, 13 assists though. So more assists than points. And only two turnovers. So I thought, you know, 13 to 2 assist to turnover ratio is much improved and really solid. So you got to give Tatum credit for that. He also played good D. 3 for 17, though. 1 for 5 from deep. Many of those open. And then 5 for 7 from the line. So you know he's going to shoot better than that. And the fact that they won in a game where you shot like that is a really good sign for Boston. Because this was a total steal. They could honestly go up to nothing. Because I don't think they exerted so much and played really well and all that. I mean, maybe with the fourth quarter flurry. But... Curry getting 34 points on efficient shooting and the Warriors not winning when Tatum shoots that way. It's just not a good sign. Jalen Brown, for me, the player of the game, 24, just because he propelled that fourth quarter run, 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, 10 for 23 from the field. He actually had a third of the Celtic turnovers, four of them, but 10 for 23, two for eight from three, so he didn't shoot that well from deep, but what I liked, he got to his pull-up mid-range, hit three or four of those tonight, and I always say mid-range wins chips. Only two free throw attempts for him. He made them both, but the guys, honestly, you could also make an argument Al Horford and Marcus Smart were the players of the game. They were just amazing from quarter number one. Marcus Smart, you know what he's going to do on defense. 18 points for him, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals on 7 for 11 shooting, and 4 for 7 from deep. Amazing. And then Al Horford continues to impress, continues to play hungry, and right now, looking a lot better than Draymond. 26 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. 9 for 12 shooting, 75%, or, yeah, 75%, my God. And 6 for 8 from deep. Also 75%. Wow. Unbelievable. And then for the dubs. So 120 on the board for Boston. For the dubs. Andre Godala played 12 minutes. Had 7 points on 3 for 4 shooting. But sometimes he even can pass up a lot of shots. And the way he was shooting, I think he needs to keep shooting. Because he was looking good with his jumper. And the only shot he missed was a turnaround over his right shoulder. Against Peyton Pritchard on a mismatch in the 4th. And that's never really been... It hasn't been his shot in years, I should say. Otto Porter Jr., 12 points, 4 rebounds on 4 for 5 shooting. All those shots were threes, but minus 18. And I know plus minus isn't a great statistic for single game, but part of that is because he was part of that fourth quarter flurry where he was overhelping on defense. Jordan Poole, 9 points, 2 for 7, but 1 for 5 from deep. He just couldn't get the 3-ball to fall, and he turned the ball over 4 times. So you're going to need better from Poole. I thought he was fine through the first 3 quarters, but 4th quarter was just tough. He was minus 19, which was the worst for any Warrior and then the starters, Kevon Looney played 25 minutes. He was one for four, four points, nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks, six offensive rebounds. I thought he was solid. And then the four other guys, Andrew Wiggins, thought he was fine. Needs to be a little bit more aggressive, though. He honestly may need to shot hunt more in this series because they lack shot creation outside of Curry and Poole off the bounce. Clay, I mean, he can get, he, all his shots are going to be pretty tough. You know what I'm saying? He'll create some space, but those are not easy shots. Andrew Wiggins, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 
a steal in three blocks on eight for 15 shooting, two for seven from deep, and two for two from the line. The Warriors only got to the line 15 times and made 11 free throws, so they're gonna try to look. They should try to look to get to the line a little bit more. Klay Thompson, 15 points, six for 14 shooting, and three for seven from deep. He's gonna need to be a little bit better, but I think that's like that's what I expect from Klay. I thought his defense was improved tonight, especially in the first half. But Steph Curry, 12 for 25. 48% from the field, 7 for 14 from deep, 50%. Five rebounds, three assists, 34 points. The only thing is, as I said, what's tough about Curry is like he's smaller. So it's your best score is that height. It's going to be hard to get good shots against this kind of length. But Curry's the exception of the rule where he's one of the only players that can be the best front of championship team. I think he's really the only player that's been the consensus best scorer on his team that's that height and one so that's the special player that he is and then Draymond of Saginaw four points 11 boards so he did a good job in that department five assists two steals no blocks three turnovers two for 12 from the field oh for four from deep and oh for three from the line the Warriors as a team shot 44%, and from deep, they actually shot really well, which is another bad sign if you're a Warriors fan. They shot 42%, 19 for 45, and still lost by 12 points. So this is what I got to say before we go, we end it and go to the live subscribers. Draymond Green. This dude does the most talking. Gonna be a Hall of Famer, most likely. One of the best defenders in the history of the game. In my opinion, the best defender of this era. But it's time that his woes offensively or his lack of shot creation or lack of even being a threat, lack of looking at the basket, cannot be hidden by Kevin Durant anymore and this overpowered offensive team. Now, especially he's on the court with Looney, a more traditional center, he needs to be a threat. Even back in the day, power forwards from foul line and you know 10 to 15 feet could have that shot in their repertoire. He has no confidence in that kind of shot at all. That kind of shot at all. He's missing open threes. He like you know Curry will create a wide open shot for him. You know if he was a decent shooter on a if they're in drop coverage because Curry draws two on every screen. But when he's not a threat to shoot, it it makes things go back to square one. Now they're gonna draw a dribble handoff. Now they're gonna throw two at the guy that's coming off the the uh, the handoff. That's getting the ball, and Draymond's gonna be open for that short roll. Sometimes he'll get that opportunity to make a four-on-three read with the red carpet, nobody in front of him. And if he gets the ball deep enough, then the defense has to react. But that's not always gonna be there. And now you're seeing it because the Celtics, they have one lob threat with, with the Time Lord. Draymond's not a lob threat, and they have shooters around him. And right now, you know, that Draymond Al Horford matchup is gonna be very key. Advantage Al Horford, and I'm afraid Al Horford may just be better than him. Oh, yeah. The name is a lot. And I like Draymond Green. I've actually stuck up for him a lot in the year, uh, in the past years because I think he does things that go beyond the stat sheet. His leadership, his passing. He lets Steph Curry thrive off the ball and all these guys. But at some point, how can you be in the NBA and not be a threat, a threat to shoot the ball at all? You're getting paid so much money and you can spend hours in the gym and you have been a good, a decent shooter in the past and you can't even shoot an open 10-footer, a 12-footer with confidence? Embarrassing, embarrassing because I get mad at myself and I'm not even a fucking D1 player when I miss an open three and pick up. 
an open three. I hold myself to a standard every open three should go, let alone mid-range. And he's not even looking at the basket. And he wants to go, oh, you're going to make a podcast about it tomorrow? Podcasts during the finals should be for guys sitting on their couches like me, not you. I hope he takes a little tea break from his podcasting uh, during this finals because all this guy talking up a storm, critiquing everybody, why don't you go work on your jump shot? Because the thing is, even if he's working on it, I'm not seeing any production in the games, and this may cost the fucking Warriors a title. Let's keep it 100. Because I like Draymond, but he is, ever since he joined Clutch, man, he's talking way too much. He's over here talking about, oh, LeBron, this cool. Over here making tweets last year about the Lakers. Like, bro, where's your jump shot at? On all the smoke a couple years ago in the pandemic, he said, I, I want to get back to shooting 40% from three. Oh, really? What are you doing, partner? Hey, but you know what? I'll catch your next podcast. I'll see you guys for game two. Warriors, it's going to need to be much more help from them. Clay's going to have to score 20. Poole's going to have to have a party. That pool party needs to open back up because right now there's nobody attending that pool party. And Draymond Green, man, Jesus. Drier than the Mojave Desert right now with that dude. Two for 12. Do better. Great win for the Celtics. Huge you got to feel good if you're Boston, man. They could easily go up 2-0. All the pressures on Golden State now need a huge performance, probably again by Steph. He can't afford to have inefficient shooting games in this series, in my opinion. We'll see. Going to be fun. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Make sure to leave a comment and a review. Let me know what you think. I'm always taking constructive criticism. Oh, man, do we only have three more games left? Three more recaps left this season, gentlemen, for our second full season of Dime Dropper? I don't think so. We're definitely going to see a series that goes six minimum. Peace out, and I hope the dubs bounce back.